0: Welcome back to Second Helping, the podcast of choice of fans and followers of the number one league in all of collegiate athletics, the Southeastern Conference, Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network, back with you alongside my great friend, co-host Brent Beard, a longtime college football analyst for First Coast News down in Jacksonville, Florida, and of course, Brent, a longtime voter for the most prestigious honor in college football, that award being the Heisman Trophy. Brent, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got the SEC in full swing when it comes to spring football practice, although Missouri, man, went ahead and called it winter <laughs> practice. <under laughs> Eli Drinkwitz. It's over for Missouri as far as spring football goes, but we'll still talk some Missouri. Uh, but we've got some March Madness still ongoing with the Southeastern Conference as well, Brent. A not so good Thursday night for a couple of league teams, but still got the number one overall seed set to jump it up, tip it up on Friday evening against San Diego State.
1: Uh Trev, great to be with you. And and yes, it's a very undervalued time of year between spring football, uh, which frankly has been almost in obscurity because of hoops and Frankly, that's okay. It's a time of year uh, where Hoop should take center stage. Nice games uh, left with uh, Alabama, San Diego State. Miami and Houston is is quite intriguing. Also, uh, boy, Princeton, the 15 seed, still looms large versus Creighton. And also Xavier in Texas uh, going on, too. Amazing what Texas has done without Chris Beard at this point, but Trev, it's been a fascinating tournament, hasn't it?
0: It has been. And Thursday night, you had a little bit of everything. I mean, you had a game for all time with uh, Kansas State and Michigan wow. State, man. Marquise Noel, the little point yes. guard for Kansas State, with a with an effort that won't be forgotten anytime soon, as the Wildcats from Manhattan advance to the Elite Eight. Now you're going to be able to say K-State New Year's Six Bowl participant and Elite Eight for uh, K-State. So that's a couple nice uh, feathers in their Cap. But you look at uh, Tennessee, a tough end for the Vols on Thursday night against a really good Florida Atlantic team. I know you hear Florida Atlantic in college basketball and you think, well, uh, Tennessee should be okay. And it looked like for a lot of that game, Tennessee Mm -hmm. was going to be okay. But Give Florida Atlanta a lot of credit. You know, Tennessee, a very defensive-oriented team, a very physical team on the defensive end. The way you combat that is you keep the ball moving. You don't let the ball stick on offense. And I thought Florida Atlantic, especially in the second half on Thursday night at Madison Square Garden, did something to Tennessee that you don't see all that often. It was stay ahead of the defense. It's hard to do that with the way Tennessee plays and the connectivity that a Rick Barnes team usually has on that end, but credit to Florida Atlantic, not a great night for Arkansas. I think as much as anything for Eric Musselman's team, probably catching a UConn team at the wrong time. Yes. UConn back in November, December looked to be clearly the top team in college basketball. Then it had a little bit of a swoon once it got into conference play, but man, here down the stretch, Danny Hurley's team playing at a high level. And then when you think about Alabama and San Diego State for Friday night, another defensive team in San Diego State that could possibly make Alabama uncomfortable on the offensive end. But what we've seen from Alabama to this point, Brent, is an ability to overcome some of those situations. In other words, Alabama with Brandon Miller and Javon Quinterly playing at a high level right now. They're kind of set up to be able to beat teams regardless of style of play.
1: Uh, yes, and and uh, uh the the great thing about this Alabama team is, uh, regardless of who is in, it's quality depth uh, that yeah. they can trust their starters to be on the bench, uh, to, to during that time and and be able to bring in guys, uh, Griffin and Pringle, uh, I think have played well. Uh, Betty Oko, to me, Travis, has been one of, the, one of the best players, frankly, the tournament, what he can do. He's going to certainly be tested uh, during this time. And uh, I think you said it well, San Diego State makes people uncomfortable, uh, and that's what Alabama's got to uh, uh, be careful of. Uh, what Alabama's also been able to do is being able to win when the three's not falling. I mean, there have been times because of their defense has set up their their offense, so that that's going to be a fascinating game. Travis, I, I, I look back on that Tennessee game last night. Florida Atlantic uh, could not score to save their life late in the second, in, in, in the, the, the part of the uh, first half, but neither could Tennessee, and I think that's probably what cost them the game. I know it was like had, uh, Ziegler being out, uh, was a real uh, disadvantage for them. Uh, look, and, and and I I like uh, what Tennessee did this year. They went above and beyond what people thought they would. Any getting out of the first weekend, uh, but I think one thing that they have got to do is they have got to get more scoring into that offense. They they certainly know what to do with Rick Barnes. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and also uh, being able to rebound, uh, but that scoring is crucial. And look, the the thing, the thing that I noticed first quickly, uh, in the Arkansas game, what uh, was the fact of Trav UConn, and literally in the first half? Do you remember that sequence to where it wasn't that UConn was hitting threes? But they were getting, uh, seriously, probably almost a dozen consecutive layups. Point-blank I mean, opportunities, I, yeah. I, I mean, the interior defense there from the Hogs just basically disappeared. But, again, in this point of the tournament, that's what these teams can do to you. And, hey,
0: UConn, as I said earlier, back in November, nobody wanted to play UConn. Just ask no, Alabama who absolutely took it on not. the chin from the Huskies out in the Pacific Northwest and that Nike event, the Phil Knight Invitational. UConn has been capable of this throughout the season. Again, they had a little bit of a dip, uh, but man, if you you talk about playing your best at the right time of year, that looks to be UConn right now. And if Alabama were to get to the final four, there are still some rematch opportunities Mm -hmm. for the Crimson Tide. When you think about uh, the non-con portion of the schedule with UConn, Um, still out there and and the possibilities uh, that exist from that standpoint. So a lot to consider still for SEC basketball, although Alabama carrying the flag at this point as we head towards the Elite Eight and the Crimson Tide trying to make its first appearance, its second in school history in that round, first time since 2004 Alabama trying to get back to the Eight. Well, Brent, let's talk some college football. That's what we typically do here on the program. Essentially, what we're going to do is go around the SEC, hit on teams, provide a couple of updates, a couple of notes of interest. Brent always does a superior job of that. And let's start with the Alabama Crimson Tide, who, in relation to some previous years, a later start for Alabama. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban, in a lot of years, likes to go ahead and get that Friday practice in before spring break. This time around, he cited the influx of newcomers Uh, when you look at between you know high school mid-year enrollees you talk about four-year transfers and Trez Marshall and CJ Dupre Um, you got a couple of junior college transfers in that mix as well Uh, as he said here in the last few days you're talking about a third of your football team coming in so I think he wanted to give those guys as much time as he could in the off-season program now they transition into spring football and Oh, so much talk about the quarterback situation as you might expect, with Bryce Young moving on to the NFL, Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson in that race. Uh, but that's not the only area of this team so, that's got to figure some things out. Really, you gotta start up front on offense too.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And in in an offensive line that struggled uh, frankly at at times, at very unfortunate times last year. Uh, but that and I and I do think uh, that this uh, this offensive line coaching staff is together for the second year in a row. That's going to be a real plus. I mean, you know what J.C. Latham can do with tackle and Tyler Booker at uh, guard. Uh, some of these freshmen coming in, Caden Proctor, uh, Eli Pritchett. I think that's going to be fascinating. And to your point too, Trav, uh, how important is it too that this coaching staff uh, has had a little additional time. Uh, uh, Treverus Robinson coaching now the entire secondary. I, I think that may have been as important uh, as far as Nick Saban is concerned and allowing them a little bit of delay from what they normally do in getting started.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, let's talk about Arkansas as we move around the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Hogs set for their spring game on April the 15th. Uh, Boy, the good news, K.J. Jefferson back for another year at the quarterback position. Uh, I think in general, between running back and Jefferson, you feel good about that. Uh, But it sounds like uh, the the Hogs have taken a little bit of a hit anyway to that defensive front, Uh, although they were also able to go to the portal to add an important piece from from an SEC opponent.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's amazing how much Missouri is involved uh, in these situations. Isaiah Nichols, Jordan Dominic, tackles who are going to the transfer portal. uh, But Missouri's Trajan Jeffcoat uh, is a guy who they think will come in and play a role. Uh, We know that offensive line with Sam Pittman is going to be good. Uh, The question is going to be with that uh, defensive line, too. Uh, But but Trev. I remember last year it, with the numbers, Arkansas, one of the better teams in the nation, uh, as far as getting to the quarterback, but the numbers in the secondary were putrid. So uh, they, they, I think that's as much of a uh, emphasis this spring uh, is getting that defense to where they can, uh, particularly in the secondary uh that th- there that there would be major improvement there compared to what they had last year,
0: yeah, that secondary was problematic uh, um especially after once again Jalen Catalan goes out at the huge, safety position um they weren't good enough really across the board, even with Catalan, but you know they had to pressure sometimes to get heat on quarterbacks, and when you're doing that with an extra guy, yes, with that secondary. Uh, you're leaving yourself exposed to some mighty, mighty big plays. We talk about the transfer portal as it relates to the line of scrimmage. Sounds like Auburn likes what it's been able to do in bringing in some newcomers from four-year programs around the country.
1: Uh, this has been the emphasis of the spring. Uh, a lot of the, uh, the the fan interest has been at quarterback, and we'll get to that, but uh, to his credit, uh, Hugh Freeze has spent a lot of time uh, de- dealing with the line of scrimmage. Uh, Amory Jones from East Carolina, Gunnar Britton from Western Kentucky, Dylan Wade from Tulsa trying to bolster that defensive line, which I thought was uh, was fairly solid last year. But that's their number one thing. I mean, Brian Harsin, Gus Melzon just did not recruit well at all uh, as far as the offensive line is concerned think They'll be okay with the running back room. Travis, the thing that caught my eye, and I'm sure it did yours too, uh, is the talk among the Auburn beat writers. Uh, that, and there's a lot about TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford and Holden Grinner, uh, but that in the when the transfer portal opens in May, that Hugh may be looking for a transfer quarterback to go along uh, with, with this group that, that he has got. And, and, and he has not been shy about letting folks know that he is unhappy with this quarterback room right now.
0: Yeah, that's almost like sending out the bat signal to quarterbacks <laughs> that even if they're starters at some other places around the country, maybe they're not in positions as yeah. prominent as Auburn. Yeah. And you hear that and you go, well, maybe I'll take my shot at the SEC or maybe I'm in a power five league, but not at a place uh, that, that really has a chance to to be on as big a stage as Auburn, and perhaps uh, some consideration is given to that as well. Hey, uh, Florida, we talk about coaching, and boy, a blast from the past. Billy Gonzalez yeah. coming back to Gainesville, yeah. worked under Urban Meyer from 2005 to 2009. I think uh, Florida fans would be happy if he could just bring a couple of the receivers from those days, maybe, yeah. maybe back with him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. The like I a Percy it,
0: Harvin, you know. You think they'd like yeah. a Percy
1: Harvin? Yeah, or, or, or Knight Hilliard or Jack West yeah. Green or yeah. someone like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But but yes, I think that's a good hire. Uh, frankly, uh, they've got some good news in Jaden Hill coming back and the secondary heralded recruit that uh, had a knee injury. Now, the Graham Mertz thing is interesting at quarterback, and, and talking to some people who've been to practice, uh, uh, now look, Graham Merce, the Wisconsin transfer, Trav, we know he's not going to win the Heisman, but what he's done, uh, from what I understand, is he's been solid, he's played within himself, he's just made routine plays. And, and look, last year, uh, I, I I get this, uh Anthony Richardson being an elite talent and specimen and all whatever answer you want to use. But there were times Anthony Richardson really struggled uh in, in throwing an eight yard pass on third and seven. So yeah. uh, my, my my understanding is uh is that is that uh, uh Mertz has been uh pretty solid the whole spring.
0: And the question is, is solid good enough? Uh,
1: Right. Right. I mean,
0: I've I've heard those same things, read those same same things. And uh, the work ethic, the sort of standard that he sets on a daily basis for the rest of that football team, intangibly, all those things are very important. But does Florida, will Florida have enough around him other than, let's say, Trevor Etienne? At yeah, running back. Absolutely. Where are the playmakers in that offense? You follow that team pretty closely. I guess more so from an outsider. That's when I look at Florida and I think about Graham Mertz potentially at quarterback. I don't think dynamic, uh, no. which, as you said, with Anthony Richardson, that worked both ways. There were times where, you know, he kind of looked like a combination of Joe Burrow and Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. And then there were times where, you just wondered exactly what he was doing. But yes. uh, Mertz can o- certainly offer some stability that way. I think we know that ultimately Napier wants to be a physical run game oriented offense first and foremost. Um, so that's where I'm I'm going to continue to wonder about that offense. Uh, if it is Graham Mertz, are they good enough up front? And are they good enough along with Trevor Etienne? at running back to sort of play championship caliber football. Um defensively they, they gotta be better. Uh, oh, I think yeah. I think everybody agrees with that. And um and and, and you know, you, you think about some of the personnel they have on the defensive side. Uh I, I think they're they're not that far off. But um you know with Austin Armstrong coming in there yeah. uh, as a young defensive coordinator, he's got his work cut out for him, but he should have some pieces. What about the Georgia Bulldogs? Brent as uh, the two-time defending national champions uh, look to sort through some issues of their own at uh, at quarterback and, and then also try to identify some depth maybe at some areas on defense where they've been loaded the last few years.
1: Oh, oh yeah, and, and a quick injury, too. Pierce Sperlin, their freshman tight end, broke a collarbone. Trev, I don't know if you've ever done that in your athletic uh high school days. Only uh, only twice to the yeah, same one. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, so you no understand fun. you understand that. So there's a two month rehab here. But as you said, some thin numbers at outside linebacker, Nolan Smith, Robert Beal are off to the NFL. Marvin Jones, Jalen Walker have have had some surgery, so they're gonna be out. They want to see what they can do there. Look, I, I, I think the biggest thing for them, there are two things. One uh, is incorporating Mike Bobo back in this offense, Travis. Georgia fans already <laughs> already ready to bring down a lot of criticism on Mike Bobo. I think they need to give him a chance. But, uh, Trav, I still say the smartest thing Kirby did uh, with this football team, and he saw it early, was to bring in Dom Lovett uh, from Missouri and Ra rah Thomas from Mississippi State. And both those guys we understand have done well. They lost their share of receivers. Uh, and again, Don Lovett, and we had this stat a few weeks ago, uh, that of, uh, that the only wide receiver, uh, who caught at least 50 passes who had zero drops. Uh, that that's pretty impressive there.
0: Yeah, and you have a tight end by the name of Brock Bowers coming back, you know? So uh, maybe a little more diversity in the passing game Absolutely. with the addition of Lovett and Thomas uh, to go along with Ladd McConkey and some of the other returnees on the outside. I guess still got to figure out your quarterback situation, although it yep. sounds like Carson Beck yeah. might be in pretty good shape in that regard.
1: Uh, and I think, Travis – Isn't he the kind of guy that Kirby loves? Uh, I mean, I think you can go back to Stetson Bennett, uh, that Carson Beck has, uh, he's bided his time. He's been a program guy. I'm sure he had chances to leave, but uh, he, and certainly he knows the playbook well by now. Uh, And I'm not saying he'll be another Stetson Bennett, but I'm just saying he seemed like he's going down that path that Kirby particularly appreciates.
0: Yeah, and they should have enough pieces around him. I think, you know, if we were talking about Carson Beck at Florida, there'd be some of the same questions Sure. for him in that offense. But I think with what you look at what George has done, I love the addition. I love it, man. Um, a guy who can just flat out do it at the wide receiver position. What about Kentucky? Speaking about wide receivers, um, one of the top duos, returning duos, uh, in the Southeastern Conference for the Cats, who are going to be breaking in a new quarterback of their own with a returning offensive coordinator in Liam Cohen, who is back in Lexington after going back to the Rams, now back to the Big Blue. What are you hearing out of Lexington and the Bluegrass for a team that I guess isn't going to have a spring game this season? Or no, this spring?
1: They're, they're laying down uh, uh, sod. <laughs> Uh, I, I would have thought that they could have done that maybe maybe after the spring game, but they did. this is the third time in four years they haven't had a spring game for one reason or another. A lot of it's the work they've been doing on the stadium, uh, but, but, but as Travis mentioned, Dane Key and Barry and Brown are coming back a wide receiver. Those guys are as good and dangerous as anybody. Devin Leary had a pectoral issue. He is fine, Uh, but, but look, Travis and I have talked about this now for months, uh, and uh, they did get Northern Illinois transfer Marquise Cox at right tackle. And SEC worse, 46 sacks last year, Trav. It's amazing Will Levis can even go to the draft at this point, uh, losing Chris Rodriguez. But there's still a decent amount of optimism if they can ever get that offensive line straightened out.
0: And I'll tell you what, one of the low key transfer portal moves of this offseason was Ray Davis going from Vanderbilt yes. to Kentucky. I really liked Ray Davis last season for the Commodores. So, yeah, I think there's some ways in which you can feature him. Uh, not the most physical or physic appearing to be the most mm-hmm. physical back, but Ray Davis, a really solid running back for Kentucky moving ahead now when we talk about lsu and a year ago at this time i was and i've i've been guilty of this in the past when it hasn't worked out so well just about year in and year out i love lsu's roster um yeah and, and that's been the case since probably about 2000 you know when you had nick saban doing his thing down there uh it looks like more in the way of transfer portal additions very talented transfer portal additions, but I'll tell you what, getting Mason Smith back from injury on that defensive line, it almost feels like an addition because they lost him so early in that Florida state game in
1: the opener
0: that you could easily forget that, Hey, this guy's still around and he's a potential first round pick in his own right. Uh,
1: look that already the, uh, uh, the momentum is building, for people to pick LSU to win the West. Uh, And and now, obviously, a lot of that is Harold Perkins uh, returning back, uh, who's as good an edge rusher as anybody in the conference, and Jane Daniels, who's also coming back, but but totally agree uh, with Mason Smith that is coming back. And look, they've done a good job in the portal. Uh, They've added Denver Harris of Texas A&M, Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse, at cornerback. Uh I think that's going to be important for them. John Emery's in trouble again, they're running back. Who travel when when he's on the field, he's a force. But the problem is for various reasons, academic suspension and so forth.
0: Yeah, this that, is an every year thing. It's it is. become with Emory. I, yes. I, I, I'm I'm afraid,
1: yeah. Uh, and and they also got Mason Lunchford from Maryland on the offensive line uh nice game, is it not, Trav? Uh, LSU-Southern Cal, Las yes. Vegas, 2024. Uh, I, well, we ought to come up with a reason to go, got to go and cover that game. But uh, I, I'm curious if you're hearing the same thing as I am, some, some slow momentum. I know some of it's the Alabama quarterback situation uh, of the Tigers being picked to win the uh, Western Division.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised if they weren't really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess the one thing that could give voters pause is the fact that LSU goes to Tuscaloosa this yeah. year, so um, you know that could play into it. And I think uh, when you think about uh, your uh, your rotating Eastern Division opponents, that would play into it for me as well. I think Alabama goes. Did Alabama go to Kentucky? This year. Yeah, maybe I got that wrong.
1: They're on the schedule. Yeah, they
0: get Tennessee annually and then they go to Kentucky. Um, LSU, it's always Florida as uh, one of the Eastern Division opponents. and I'm not sure who the Tigers have otherwise. So those are the kind of things I would probably consider, too, uh, because at the end of the day you know, LSU is, 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 celebrated as that first year was under Brian Kelly and in a lot of ways justifiably. So it's still a four loss team. You know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. y- you can't just look at LSU and say, well, they had the slow start, but then they just sort of ran the table to Georgia. They didn't, they lost to a five and seven team at yep. Texas A&M in, in college station in the, in the last regular season game. So, you know, I, I'm a big, big fan still of LSU's people. And I, Felt yes. all along that Brian Kelly would be the stabilizing sort of presence that that program needed in the wake of, of O. But um, yeah, I, I think talent wise, if you're just wanting to look at rosters and say, yeah, LSU can can win the West again, I I wouldn't have an argument with you where uh, where that's concerned. Now Mississippi State, you look at this secondary and the holes uh, that that have to be addressed. Not only with our guy, Emmanuel Forbes, moving yes. on from corner, oh, yes. but a uh, couple of three safeties on the move for MSU as well.
1: Yeah, I could call them Duncan, Jalen Green, and Jackie Matthews are all gone. Sean Preston comes back. Uh, Marcus Banks uh, is set to go to safety. Uh, and and again, uh, my, uh, my my fascinating question for... Uh, Mississippi State, is we know Will Rogers is going to be the guy. But, but Trav, I, I would be curious, and, and I don't want to make it a bigger deal, but you can't ignore the guy either. I wonder what they're going to do for Vanderbilt quarterback transfer Mike Wright to get him incorporated in that offense some.
0: It's interesting, that addition, because I think we've pretty much been told that Zach Arnett isn't going to be predominantly an air raid guy. Now, there will be some elements, I'm sure. So you wonder how that impacts Will Rogers. And I think I've talked about this before. It reminds me of 1989 Alabama going to 1990 Alabama, Mm -hmm. going from Bill Curry with Homer Smith as the offensive coordinator in 89. Gene Stallings comes Mm -hmm. in there in '90. You got Gary Hollinsworth, who I believe was the offensive player of the year in he the was. SEC way back in 1989 in that yes. in that quarterback-centric, quarterback-friendly offense of Homer Smith, the late, great Homer Smith. Gene comes in there, and it's going to be about defense, kicking yep. game, and right. kicking your ass up front, yes. physicality. And I don't think that really benefited uh, Gary Hollinsworth or the the returning personnel all that much. But I don't think we're going to see that radical of a turnover Maybe it's going to be more gradual, um, but right, you're right. That that's that's an interesting addition there, based on uh, his skill set that has proven to be most beneficial in the past. What about Missouri? I mean, we got to go ahead and put a wrap on the uh, <laughs> yeah. on the Tigers. Eli got that one wrapped up, and uh, it sounds like they paid for it with uh, the weather, where their spring game was concerned.
1: Yeah, when you try to have a spring game in March. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't work. I remember when Mike Sheila was coaching Alabama, as much as I like Sheila in some ways, his decision of having a a March spring game when it was 40 degrees and raining really didn't work that well. Then it was worse than that at Columbia. So they basically canceled the game, went inside and, and they got some work done uh, at that time too. I, I think there's two big things going on here Uh, One is, we know Brady Cook's going to be the quarterback. He's coming from labrum surgery. But you've also got Jake Garcia from Miami that's involved. And they've got a junior named uh, Dylan Label, who they really were impressed with. So that really kind of worked out well for them. Kirby Moore, remember Kellen Moore Trout? That's his brother. uh, He's coming in to be able to help them. Uh, at the offensive coordinator position but I, I think the big thing here is what are they going to do defensively and as you said many times last year, Trev, they were woeful, were they not? I mean, they were 106 in the nation in total defense uh, particularly a couple years ago uh, so they, they're they looking at more concentration on getting that unit fixed they think they made some progress there. Look, I, I, I'm not going to say they're going to fire Eli with any he, that he's even on the hot seat. But I, but I do think just gave him
0: a big raise and extended it.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But you you hear from these Missouri beat writers uh, that this is still an important year. So uh, no question. You, you can't ignore that. But I think what this defense does will tell the tale of where they go this year.
0: No doubt. Showed some improvement last year. We'll see if they can continue on that path. Ole Miss, I mean, as soon as I think of Ole Miss, I think quarterback room. Yeah. Because the Rebels yeah. not only add Walker Howard from LSU, but also Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State to go along with Jackson Dart. I believe Luke Altmyer moved on to Illinois to make some room there uh, in that quarterback roster. Um, a- Am I... Am I too far out there in throwing you the potential scenario of one of these guys being the starter for Auburn by the time the season rolls around? Because I I know Lane does a great job with maintaining numbers at the quarterback position. But I don't think Spencer Sanders went to Ole Miss to sit. Jackson did. Dart didn't go to Ole Miss from USC a couple of years ago to start. I think Walker Howard. It's reasonable to think he's more of a future guy. You know, I think you can pacify him for now with the uh, with the thought of being the guy after Dart or Sanders. Uh, but it is fascinating to see how Lane continues to work that situation.
1: Oh, I think you're right on with that uh, as far as one of these guys will be going. And, and, and Lane has said the dart is throwing really well during the spring uh, also. And, and I hadn't heard a whole lot about Walker Howard. He can probably bide his time a little bit. I am concerned about the offensive line. They've got uh, a couple of injured starters, uh, Jeremy James and Jane Williams. They should be uh, well later on. But Travis, you can imagine, uh, the big story to Ole Miss is not on the offensive side of the ball, but it's with Pete Golding coming in from Alabama. Lane has said a very different scheme than what we played before. Uh, and frankly, uh, for a uh, an offense that gave up nearly uh, basically 25 points a game, uh, I, that the spotlight on Golden is going to be fascinating this year.
0: It is. And that's an interesting comment from Lane in terms of Golding scheme being very mm-hmm. different. Um, you know, just to the to the naked eye, I, I I didn't realize that that it was all that different. But um, you know, at the end of the day, what Lane wants different is those uh those numbers. Yes, yeah, uh
1: Absolutely.
0: That's certainly what he uh he definitely wants to see changed here fairly quickly or improved upon anyway. What about South Carolina, Brent? Um, I guess the the Gamecocks going to be one of the final SEC teams to to contest its spring game and continued momentum, continued optimism where Shane Beamer's regime is concerned. Just a few years in.
1: Well, they uh, they still don't have enough weapons. I mean, Spencer Rattler obviously is back, looking to improve. Antoine Wells, they they like him at receiver, but can they get some other guys? Uh, I think to be able to help them uh, is going to be important. They've only got a couple of scholarship running backs on this roster for the spring, Juju McDonald and and Mario Anderson, who's kind of a, a local kid that they like and they think that he, maybe he can come around uh, at, at some point too. Uh, Dak Joyner, the redshirt senior has been a wide receiver and quarterback. He's also done a little bit with, uh, the running backs all on that line, they they got a, a Donald Loggins, who's a new offense coordinator, who was at Arkansas for a while. A lot of the uh, the media questioned him. And yeah, the were, fan base and
0: the media over there didn't seem all that fired up.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Shane kind of reamed the media out, Trav. uh Let him have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely with that. But, but look, to me, the big thing here, and, and I give him a lot of credit. They've won in November, which is when you've got to be able to win. Uh, certainly not saying that they're going to they're going to challenge Georgia quickly, but I mean, in his first couple of years, uh, when you win late, that makes a difference, and they're making progress.
0: And we talk about scheduling so much here on the podcast and a lot of what we've talked about of late has involved more home and home series. But when we think of Tennessee and we shift to the volunteers, I see here where they, too, are going to go the neutral site route in 2024 for an interesting matchup that comes on the heels of the expansion, I guess, of the SEC and Oklahoma coming into play here at a conflict uh perhaps with the Sooners because of that.
1: Yeah, they were supposed to play Oklahoma uh September the seventh, twenty twenty-four. Uh the league has postponed that matchup. So Tennessee's going to play NC State uh and that game will be in Char- Charlotte. So that that that's interesting uh to see that. But as far as Tennessee is concerned, I mean all eyes are are still on the uh six come back on offense, seven on defense uh, with Joe Milton and the uh, uh, their, their freshman, Lama Leva. They're excited about what he's going to do. But, Travis, you and I talked about this pretty much the last several months. To me, what's going to change for them is defensively. Uh, and, and, again, the numbers bear it out. I mean, they were really good on defense on first and second down. A man on third down travel when you allow your opponents to to, to convert 52 percent on third down that's going to change and fast
0: absolutely and speaking of change what about that offense at texas a&m jimbo in his recent uh address of the media he, he didn't seem uh he didn't seem all that revealing i guess no. in, in how that offense is maybe gonna evolve with bobby petrino coming in there brent
1: Trav, the, uh, one of the A uh, and M beat writers described that that first spring meeting with Jimbo as hostile, Trav, <laughs> contentious. Yeah.
0: Trav, hostile, yeah. <laughs> contentious definitely came to mind yeah. listening to to uh, Jimbo. Jimbo, Jimbo to me didn't sound like he just handed the reins right over to Bob. Oh. You know, with that oh. offense, and uh, I think I think that's worrisome if you're. Uh, if you're a Texas A&M fan, uh, and,
1: and Travis, did, did, did you see in the opening press conference where they, what when they, when the beat writers asked him who's going to call the plays? Yeah, he had to he he had to correct that answer as it went along, right? Yeah, yeah, um, it was classic. But but but, but uh, Travis, uh, it, it, d- is there uh, Evan Stewart an I Smith, Moose Muhammad? Terrence Smith, uh, Trav, uh There aren't many. There aren't many schools in the SEC that have a better receiving core, do they?
0: No, and a, and a, a really promising young quarterback uh, that that can should be able to get them the football. You yes. Know? So uh, I, I think the only thing that can really mess up that offense are the adults. I think the kids. Yeah. I think the kids, <laughs> yeah, think really? the kids can oh. can be just fine. It's uh, it's the adults you worry about more than anything Mm -hmm. there in uh in college station so uh as we wrap up here on our tour around the southeastern conference sprint uh we have worked our way through uh texas a&m and that leaves us with the commodores of vanderbilt we talked about it earlier in relation to a couple of teams around the sec that have benefited from former commodores hitting the transfer portal um I would say in, in, in its totality, uh, you know, an encouraging finish to the previous season for Clark Lee, as he tries to still establish that program in Nashville. Um, What, what are, what are the major sort of hurdles? And I'm guessing there are still a few before this team welcomes our Hawaii rainbow warriors in late (laughs) August for that season
1: opening. One thing that I have heard That I thought was uh, that was fascinating is uh, as much stuff has gone off the field. I guess I'd have to see this, believe it, uh, but there is a lot of talk about what they can do to uh, uh, to improve their facilities. Uh, Now, look, you've been up there in the stadium. You know what that's like, uh, and, and where they need to go, and more of a commitment. Uh, in order to be able to do that, uh, so I, I I think I, I think that's the, I think that's kind of what I've heard as much as anything else. Uh, I'm I'm curious if you if you've heard the same thing. And 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 the more and the more important question to me is, Trev, would they be committed to improve them that much at Vanderbilt?
0: Yeah, well, they they they're going to have to be. I mean, uh, to with Texas and Oklahoma coming in now too. Yeah, I mean, to to achieve any semblance of competitiveness in this still still improving southeastern conference um that's going to have to be the case. Now, to the extent to it, that I think it reaches hundreds of millions? I don't know. I I yeah. think you got to start with the stadium itself, you yeah. know. And um uh even if it's it's something that mirrors something along the lines of what we've seen in recent years from schools like Baylor uh, with the new stadium they built in Waco. Um, you know, I I don't know if it's a new stadium, but just facilities in general, because I, I think if you're Vanderbilt more so than even NIL, because let's be honest, I mean NIL isn't gonna probably be as impactful for Vanderbilt as it's gonna mm-hmm. be if you're at Alabama. I think you yeah. kind of understand that. Uh I, I think you can take more of that approach of let's really put the money towards um, brick and mortar and facilities and the student athlete experience in general. So uh, it absolutely needs to happen. I know there are issues involved that um, maybe Vanderbilt can't help as much, but uh, yeah, uh, to to be competitive in some form or fashion in, in the next era of Southeastern conference football, I think that's going to have to happen, Brent. Anything else before we get out of here?
1: Uh, and I'll add to that too that they had a bad injury this week. Uh, Jay Kachdek, uh, who's on the offensive line, had a they said a significant leg injury. He's a junior uh, at this point. Uh, Kevin Wesley has moved back to the offensive line to kind of help out uh, with that. Also, I mean, look again, five and seven uh a win over Florida 52 upperclassmen on this roster so hopefully Clark Lee uh will uh, be able to ha- have a little bit of that on display on Oct- on April the 8th their spring game
0: Absolutely uh we'll, we'll see how that goes but yeah I mean as I said earlier there there was reason for optimism down the mm-hmm. stretch of the the 2022 season you got a young quarterback you really like and AJ Swan um, see, we got a commitment from Will Muschamp's son, Witt, right. as a quarterback sure uh, mm-hmm. coming up here. So some good stuff. And I, and I know that in terms of staff and support staff uh, and those things, Vanderbilt has made more of a commitment in those areas under Clark Lee. So uh, definitely some, some, uh, some encouraging signs for the Commodores uh, under the latest regime. All right, Brent, as always. Enjoyed it. Great stuff. And look forward to doing it again real soon.
1: Me too, Travis. We uh, continue to cover spring football and uh, continue to enjoy the, uh, the NCAA basketball tournament.
0: Absolutely. For Brent Beard, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us right here on Second Helping, the podcast of choice for fans and followers of the number one league in all of collegiate athletics, the Southeastern Conference. If you haven't subscribed to Second Helping yet, we certainly hope you'll do that. Wherever you consume podcasts, you're going to find Second Helping. If you would leave us a rating or a review while you're there, we would greatly appreciate that as well. For Brent, Travis, thanks again. And until next time, so long, everybody.